Good morning, good morning, good morning. Hope you're having a fantastic Wednesday morning thus far. Welcome to the True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D right here on TikTok Live. We're live with you Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Hope you guys are having a fantastic morning so far. Uh, we're going to be with you guys for the next two hours, giving you uh, the spiritual wisdom, knowledge, and truth. Um, as we, the, the believers in God, uh, just, you know, have conversation with you regarding some things that are on... Thank you. Thank you, Johnny Boy. My bad. <clears throat> I had the sound off on you guys. Sorry about that. Sorry about that. But again, hope you guys are doing a fantastic, having a fantastic uh, Wednesday morning thus far. And hope that you guys are um, able to now hear <laughs> everything that's being said. I appreciate you, Johnny Boy. Thank you for that. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. Uh, so we're going to um, get into um, some prayer. Um, and then we're going to jump into our word for today, which is kind of a continuation of the conversation we've been having for the past couple of days in terms of open confession. Um, and then, as always, drop down in the comment box with any questions or comments that you may have. Um, and later on in the show, we will drop down in the comment box to answer any questions um, that you may have. Um, and so feel free to drop down in that comment box with any questions or concerns um, that you may have. Uh, but we're going to start off with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for this day. We thank you for gathering us here together to give your name praise, glory, and honor through this morning show on today. We ask, Lord God, that you just be all of you and none of us, uh, that we decrease in flesh, you increase in spirit within us. Render to us a word that will edify, magnify, deliver, and set free. Lord God, we're thankful for every blessing that you have bestowed upon us. We're thankful for your son, Jesus Christ, who died on the cross and rose again for us, that we may be able to have communion with you both now and forever. We're asking, Lord God, that you just continue to saturate our hearts with more of your love, your grace, your, your presence, your thanksgiving, your, your honesty, uh, your commitment to us, Lord. We're just asking that you just fill us up in the spirit, Lord. And we're just so grateful that you are the God who has drawn near to us. That even in our faithlessness, Lord God, you've always been faithful to us. And we're grateful and ask that you just continue to uh, draw us closer to you each and every day. Uh, Lord God, we're thankful and we give your name all praise, glory, and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> all right. So again, uh, drop down in the comment box if you have any questions, comments, or concerns. Um, like this live, share this live with your friends, um, and definitely follow me if you're not following me already, so that way you can uh, be notified every time that we go live. Again, we're live Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on TikTok Live, and you can... Um, hear replays of every episode that we have on Spotify and soon we'll be on Apple podcast as well just look up um, the true gospel morning show the podcast on both Spotify and on Apple Podcasts. Uh, but we're going to continue our conversation today uh, talking about open confession. Uh, we've been talking for the past couple of days about the fact that confession is one of the weapons that God gives us in our spiritual arsenal. Um, and that with open confession, it allows us to be able to live in peace and to be able to live in truth in a way that um, that in, in, in a way that we could probably never anticipate, but is a way that allows us to have just peace within our souls because we're walking in truth. Um, and so the the third piece that we want to talk about today 
um, is the fact that for a lot of us, we may have done things or said things that were wrong and may have hurt people in some way, shape, or form. We may have sinned against our brothers and sisters, may have, you know, created aughts against our brothers and sisters. And God has given us a pathway to be able to um, find restoration, reconciliation, and if nothing else, just forgiveness from our brothers and sisters. Um, but it requires that we come to them and tell them what our problems are um, and, um, and, 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 and how we sometimes may feel about how someone may have treated us. Uh, and so if we go to uh, Matthew chapter 18, starting at verse 15, Matthew chapter 18, starting at verse 15, um, it tells us there, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have gained your brother. But if he does not listen, take one or two others along with you that every charge may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen even to the church, let him be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. Truly I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again I say to you, if two of you agree on earth about anything they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am among them. <clears throat> um, for many of us, uh, when someone hurts us, when someone does something to us, um, our tendency is to retreat from them. We, we, we back up all the way from them. Um, there are some things that people do to us that just are, that, that, that hurt us so much, um, hurt us so deep. Uh, that we retreat and we back up. We just back fully away from them. We don't allow them space. But uh, we, I mean, we don't. We allow a lot of space, rather, between us and them. And the tendency is to not tell them what they did to us that has created this distance and separation between us and them. Uh, and so, what God tells us is that when we have a relationship with Him. Uh, God's everlasting peace that he has given us in, that he's given us in the spirit, that he's given us in our souls, that should compel us to go to our brothers and our sisters when they have done something to us, when they've hurt us in some kind of way, and to tell them that they hurt us in some type of way. Usually, the way that we look that we look at forgiveness and reconciliation and restoration is that we want the other person to come to us. We want the person that hurt us to come to us and tell us that they hurt us. We want them to apologize, but not just apologize. We want them to apologize for the, for a reason. We watch a lot of TV shows, or we even have seen in our own walks of life a person to come and say, "I'm sorry." We'll be like, "Sorry for what?" What are you sorry for? Like, we want them to grovel. We want them to beg for forgiveness from us. We want to feel like we have the upper hand on them. We want to feel like we now can lord their problems and what they've done to us over them. And we want so badly for them to come to us 
and ask for forgiveness. We want them to see the error of their ways. We want them to know what they've done and come to us and tell us what the problems are and what they've and what's what's happened. But for some of us, that's not the case. That's not what's going to happen. That's not how things are going to go. And as a result, you have people who, you know, we've got a lot of pain and a lot of hurt and a lot of anger built up inside of us, a lot of bitterness built up inside of us because we've never confessed to our brothers and sisters, our friends, our spouses, our moms, our dads, our cousins, our, 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 our bosses, our co-workers, our friends, our whoever. We won't tell them what they did to us because we want them so badly to come to us and tell us what they did to us. We won't go to them and tell them what they did to us. If we are in the faith, though, if we believe in Christ, if we believe that Jesus died on the cross and rose again for our sins, Jesus teaches us that we, if we have anger or bitterness or rage built up inside of our hearts, um, that, that it can hinder our prayer lives. It can hinder our connection. It can hinder our communion with God. And so in order for us to be able to move forward in the walk of God that he would have us to walk in, we have to be willing to lay our pride aside and go to that person and tell that person what they did to us. Um, what, and what, whatever they did and how that made us feel. I was talking to somebody last night during the therapy session and he said that he, you know, had been feeling some type of way about his mom. Now, his mom is a fantastic mom. His mom has done everything under the sun for the, for them, you know, it was provided. It was their, you know, emotional support, the whole nine yards. <clears throat> But there are some instances and some circumstances in which, you know, he felt some type of way about what she said or what she did. Now, you know, again, woman's not the devil. She's not Cruella DeVille or anything like that, you know, but there are just some instances in there in his life where she he felt like she should have showed up or could have showed up in a different way or could have had, you know, a different way about doing things. And so I told him. So what's stopping you from talking to her about those things? And he said, well, I don't want to hurt her feelings. I don't want to make her feel bad. I don't want to make her cry. I don't want to hurt her. She's going, she did this and she did that. And I don't want to hurt her. And I said, so you're carrying bitterness and holding grudges over things that she said and things that she's done, you know, and not sharing those things with her to let her know that those things hurt. He's like, well, it's not like my mom's a bad person. It's not like my mom did a bad thing. It's not like my mom, you know, is a, a horrible person. I said, and nobody's refuting that. Your mom's awesome. Your mom's one of the better moms that we hear about, you know, that we that we hear about and wish that we could duplicate. You know, she's, you know, for all intents and purposes, she's a good mom. And she did some things that hurt your feelings. She did some things that made you feel bad. She did some things that made you feel, you know, a little less than and made you feel a little slighted. And you owe it to yourself and to her to at least have a conversation about those things. Yeah, but then she's going to think she's the worst mom. She's going to think she's, she's the worst person on earth. I said, you can't help how she feels about what you say. You know, if that's how she feels, you can clean that up and tell her that she's not the worst mom and that she's a great mom and thank her for everything that she did because both things can be true. She can be an awesome mom and have been an awesome mom your entire life and the woman hurt your feelings. Both things can be true at the same time. 
It's not that you're declaring that she's the terrible mom and the worst mom ever just because you tell her that she hurt your feelings. You are robbing yourself of being able to be honest with her and you're robbing yourselves of being able to have a much more flourishing relationship by being able to speak in honesty and truth whenever you're hurt. Like, you're not saying that she's like she that your relationship with her is severed. You're just saying in this situation, when X, Y, and Z happened and you did A, B, and C, it hurt my feelings. And I just wanted to tell you that because if I don't tell you that, I'm going to keep holding on to that. And I don't want to hold on to that and, you know, end up either, you know, taking it out on you in some other way or taking it out on other people or even, you know, internalizing it and taking it out on myself, which is what he was doing. So, again... When it comes to our pride and our ego and not wanting to be a burden on other people and not wanting to be embarrassed or not wanting to hurt people's feelings, we have to lay our pride aside. Lay our pride aside. Lay our, lay our weapons down and go to that person and tell that person, hey, what you did hurt me. It, it hurt. It, 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 I, it messed me up. I was hurt. I was, you know... I was bitter, you know, you, you hurt my feelings, you, you hurt my, you, you, you made me feel sad, you made me feel upset, you, you made me feel like you didn't care, and all these other things, we gotta confess those things to the people who actually hurt us, what we love to do is we'll confess to our friends, we'll confess to our family members, we'll, we'll get on the gossip lines, we'll confess to all the other people, we'll get on TikTok and Facebook and Instagram, and we'll confess to the whole world everything that people have done to, has done to, everything that other people have done to us, but we won't go to the source. We won't tell the person that actually hurt us that they hurt us. I remember when I was working at the prison and I had, uh, and one of my bosses was really, really frustrating me. You know, I was very immature and didn't tell my boss about the frustrations that she was bringing toward me and, and, and not, not, you know, believing in the open door policy that she had. But I was showing up telling everybody else, telling everybody and their grandma, you know, I can't believe she did this. I can't believe she did that. I can't believe she did this. I can't believe she did that. And, and all the while, just so, just sowing bitterness, sowing pride, sowing envy, sowing frustration, sowing, you know, just bitterness and rage and all of that accumulated, um, accumulated in such a way to where, you know, our relationship had been strained for years. And finally, one day she came to me, um, as I was trying to, you know, get the job that I currently have now and using her as a reference. And she told me straight up, she's like, I don't feel comfortable, you know, being a good reference for you because of all the stuff we went through while you, while we were here. And I had to eat crow and come to her and tell her, listen, I was so immature back then, you know, and, you know, and because of my immaturity, rather than talking to you face to face and saying how you hurt my feelings about this, that, and the third, and us coming to, um, to reconcile, coming to forgiveness or reconciliation, I took that out on you by talking to, talking to everybody else about what was going on. Now, it wasn't my intention for things to get as sour as they did, but it doesn't matter what my intentions were because the fact still remains that I know better. I should have come to you. I should have talked to you first. I should have came to you when you were alone and talked about how you were hurting my feelings. I was so scared of what you were going to do because you were my boss that I wouldn't talk to you. But I, But me being a Christian, I know better. That it doesn't matter what position you play in the world. What matters is what position you are in the Lord. And God doesn't see boss or employee. He sees brother and sister. 
And as a result, I should have come to you and told you what was going on with me. I should have come and come and told you, you know, you know how you hurt my feelings and how this and how I heard some things and you know it really hurt to hear that these things came from you. Like I should have been a man about it and said something. I should have been a brother and said something about it. And in that moment, even though we couldn't take, we couldn't get the past back. In that moment, we re we had forgiveness and reconciliation in that moment because in that space we were able to finally you know openly confess what our issues were with one another and be able to come to terms with though with that though we won't get our relationship back like it's not going to be restored to the place where, where it once was um that we can finally forgive one another for the harm that we caused each other but that requires stepping over pride stepping over ego Stepping over, you know, I don't want to talk to them because they hurt me. Okay, so you're going to carry, so now we're going to carry this bitterness with us everywhere we go. We're going to carry that, in, that, that strife everywhere we go. If God prov provides you an opportunity to talk to the people who have hurt you, and to give them an opportunity to hear you out, and to hear what you, what, what, how they, what, how, what they did hurt you, you got to at least extend the olive branch and give them that opportunity. If you're a believer in Christ, because that's what Christ has done for us on, on our behalf, he, he, on our behalf, he forgave us of our sins, of our faults, of our shortcomings. And as Christians, we are to go to our brother and sister and tell and tell, go, go to anybody, whether they saved or unsaved and tell them you hurt me. Tell them this thing you did hurt. Now, it'd be great if, they, if the people that hurt us came to us and said, man, I'm so sorry I hurt you. You know, it'd be great if they came to us. But again, if we're holding on and harboring the anger or the frustration or the bitterness or the numbness or whatever, we have to go to that person and tell them what they did. And as it says, if he listens to you, you have gained your brother. If he doesn't listen... And you've, and you've tried and you've tried and you've tried and you're still trying to restore that person, restore friendship or restore, you know, just, just, just you know, that person to be um, to hear you. You then take one or two with you, you know, and you try that a few times. And if that don't work, you bring an assembly, you know, whether you take them formally before church or whether you bring, you know, intervention wise or whatever the case is. But, you know, that is what we are to do. As the body of Christ, as the body of believers. And all of that requires open confession. All of that requires open confession. As it says in James chapter 5. Um, Therefore confess your sins one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Again, sometimes we may hinder our connection and communion to God by virtue of holding on to and harboring things that either we've done or what other people have done to us. And so to not hinder the communion that we have with God and the connection, the power that we have to God, we need to confess our faults and our sins one to another and forgive one another in so much that we're then able to, you know, reconnect to God and re and restore our connection to him. Um, and as a result, 
we confess our faults one to another so that the power of Christ may, may indeed rule and rest and abide in us. If we look in Matthew chapter 5, Matthew chapter 5, verse four, uh, starting at verse um, um, starting at verse 30, 38. Matthew chapter 5, starting at verse 38. You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and tooth for tooth. But I say to you, do not resist the one who is evil. But if anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. And if anyone would sue you and take your tunic, let him have your cloak as well. And if anyone forces you to go one mile, go with him two miles. Give to the one who begs from you and do not refuse the one who will borrow from you. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be sons of your father who is in heaven. For he makes his son rise on the evil and on the good, and sin reigns on the just and on the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same. And if you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same. You therefore must be perfect as your father is your heavenly father is perfect. <clears throat> Last place we'll look is Romans chapter 12. <clears throat> Um, starting at verse number 9. Romans chapter 12, verse number 9. Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, Live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by doing so, you will heap burning coals over his head, on his head. Do not, become, do not be overcome by evil but overcome evil with good. <clears throat> we as the believers in God must always show love one to another. Um, and one of the ways that we do that is by extending the olive branch of forgiveness and reconciliation to our brothers and sisters. Um, to those who, you know, whether they want to accept it or not, um, we extend the olive branch to them by, by letting them know what they have done that hurt us and forgiving them for what they've done. <clears throat> they may never ask for forgiveness. They may never seek forgiveness. They may never, um, they may never even believe they need forgiveness. You know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't do anything to you. And if that's the case, God bless them. You know, ain't, ain't nothing we can do about that. You know, at the end of the day, 
We can't make people do what we want them to do. We can only tell them what they've done in hopes that it'll help them to see what they've done and help them to change their minds. But we can't make anybody do anything. We can't make anybody see what we see, hear what we hear, believe what we believe, know what we know. We, we can't. All we can do is tell them. But at the end of the day, we want to restore if we want it, if we want forgive, we want to give them, we want to make, have peace within our own souls. We extend the olive branch of forgiveness and restoration and reconciliation, looking to Jesus who did it to us first. As it says in James, we love because God first loved us. And in that, we forgive because Christ first forgave us. When he got on the cross and died for our sins, he forgave us of everything that we've ever done, past, present, and future. And he said the prophetic words, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. You know, he was saying it to the, to the Jews and the Romans down below his feet, but he was saying it to all of us and saying it for all of us to, to forgive us for we, knew, for we know not what we're doing. And so when we accept the forgiveness of God and accept it with open and honest hearts, we are then able to extend what God has given us to anyone who has harmed us. Not so that they can walk all over us and we just become doormats and let them do whatever they want to do. No, we learn from, you know, from how people treat us, you know, how to then, you know, treat them um, in terms of whether to allow them proximity to us, closer proximity to us. Um, but we, as best as we can, let those things go so that we can walk in peace. Because, again, to hold on to what thing, to things that people have done to us, it doesn't do us any good. It doesn't do us, as the, as the believers in God, any good to hold on to any grudges or to hold on to any pain or to harbor any, you know, issues or, or problems that are hindering us from having a stronger walk with God and to be able to extend love one to another. For by this, they will know that we are his disciples, if we have love one for another. And we cannot walk in love if we're holding on to bitterness, to rage, to frustration, to, to hurt, um, to sadness, or anything um, that, is not, uh, that is not of God. It's not to say that we're not to feel those emotions. That's not what I'm saying. We feel those emotions. Those are real things, and those are emotions that God gave us. But if we wallow in those emotions, we allow our feelings to override the faith that we have in God and the principles that God has, um, that has, um, has forged inside of our hearts by virtue of the Holy Spirit living inside of us. And so I say all this to say to us today, um, that as we are walking in in, uh, in, 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 in allowing the, the open confession to be a weapon that we utilize in our spiritual in our spiritual arsenal, we must be mindful that open confession is not just our confession to God, although that is paramount that we confess our faults to God. We confess our issues to God. We lay those things bare before the before the throne of grace. And we boldly go to the throne 
and let God know of our issues and our problems and our concerns and anything that's not like him and, and, and ask for God to help us because who else is going to help us but God? So we, 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 we allow the word to read us like an open book <clears throat> and to show us where we fall short, to show us where we're, 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 we're you know, not, aligned, not aligned with him. We confess our faults and our flaws to God, but then we confess our faults and flaws to our brothers and sisters. We talk about our issues. We find two or three solid brothers and sisters that we can walk lockstep in with and and talk about our issues and talk about our problems and how we can pray for one another and how we can help one another and how we can encourage one another and how we can uplift one another and how we can be there for one another, how we can, you know, um, you know, um, bolster one another, how we can undergird one another, how we can walk alongside one another and help each other continue to be the children of God that God has called us to be. In the midst of that confession, we are talking to people about what, how we've hurt them, how they've hurt us, and trying to restore relationships with people by, by as best as we can help it. You know, talking about the issues and talking about the problems and talking about how that hurt me or talking about how I hurt them and being open and honest about that and saying, you know, I messed up, I made a mistake, I, I, and, you know, no excuse, you know, is going to make up for it. It happened. I take accountability for it. I take responsibility for it, but I'm asking for forgiveness. Now, I'm, you know, we can try to restore the relationship if possible, but if, if, the re if the restoration of the relationship isn't possible, I just want forgiveness because at the end of the day, I, can, I you know, I, I, I can be at peace knowing that I've told you. And I can be at peace whether I'm the one who did it or whether I'm the one just telling you how it hurt. I can live at peace knowing that it's now off of my chest because I've now told you, you know. And again, with open confession, it frees us up. It opens us up. We're not holding on to, we're not rooted in, we're not steeped in our bitterness, our rage, our anger, our malice, our frustration. We're not steeped in those things anymore. And as a result, we are able to walk in the liberty and the freedom that God has given us by virtue of dying on the cross and rising again so that we may be able to walk in spirit and walk in truth and be able to walk in such a way to where we have the peace of God that surpasses all understanding, resting, ruling, and abiding in our hearts. And we can walk it out in such a way to where we are the light that shines in the darkness so that others can see God when they see us. And in doing so, treat even the ones who have done us wrong. Treat our enemies um, as if they are our best friends. Um, because the God that we serve, while we were yet enemies, he died for us. While we were weak, he died for us. While we were without, you know... Um, <clears throat> Without strength, he died for us. While we were sinners, he died for us. He didn't wait. He didn't wait for us to get it right before he got on the cross and paved the way. He didn't give us the A because we because we got an A. We got an F minus. We got an F minus. I mean, a big gaping zero on the test. Guy in Christ took the test, got a hundred, and then passed that test on to us. That that grade on to us and said, "You got the A. Come into the kingdom." And that type of love and that type of grace that he's given us, we now extend to others. Again, not to say that we let people just walk all over us. That's not what that's not what meekness is. But we, you know, love one another for in doing so, we demonstrate the love that Christ has for us in that while we were yet sinners, he died for us. 
And so the same love that he's extended to us, the same forgiveness that he's extended to us, the same grace that he's extended to us, we are to extend to one another um, so that people will know that we are his disciples. You're watching the True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D right here on TikTok Live. Want to thank you for the 1,300 likes that we've gotten so far. Really do appreciate y'all so, so much for, um, for liking this live. Thank you for the shares. Thank you for the follows. Thank you for the gifts if you decide to give. Know that any gift that you give uh, will go straight to the ministry. I make my own money, got my own job, pay my own bills, so you are not paying me. Uh, my wife saw an NPC here on live uh, yesterday for the first time and now knows what I be talking about when I say y'all could literally be watching anybody else and giving your money to anybody else here on TikTok uh, who want to sit there and pretend like they've been shocked by lightning every time y'all give them a lightning bolt. Um, and so, again, y'all could be anywhere else doing anything else, but you decide to spend a little bit of time with your boy and listen to me just yabber on for two hours. And so I appreciate you from the bottom of my heart for your viewership. I thank you for your shares. I thank you for your likes and I thank you for your comments and pray that this is edifying your soul as you're getting ready for your day or is ending your day or eating your lunch or wherever you are in the world this morning. Um, if you miss any part of this recording, uh, you can go to Spotify and soon iTunes as well, um, Apple Podcast, and um, listen to this podcast in, in its entirety. Um, Monday, uh, Monday through Friday, we we post as soon as the show is over, and so wherever you get your um your favorite um uh, podcast from, you can find this podcast right there on um Spotify and soon Apple Podcast. Um, I'm gonna get into the comments box now. I uh, see that we got a whole lot going on in the box. I'm um, trying to see what's going on. Um, let's see. Um, let's see, rough breakup. Um, let's see what else we got going on. Matt Flynn is still mad about slavery. So, what's going on, Chocolate Princess? Good to see you this morning. Hope you're still on. Hope you hope you see this. Console TV, what's going on? Hope you're doing great as well. Um, let's see what we got going on. Um, let me go all the way back up to where? Okay, saw that one. All right, um, nice delivery. Um, thank you, Mark Brown. Hope you're doing great this morning. Good morning, user two o six, Lucian. Good morning. Hope you're doing great this morning, my girl. Um, Nolan Riddle said, um, cheated a girlfriend three years. She gave me a second chance. That's what's up, man. Even made, she recently made us even. Oh, wow. Um, hold on a second. Let me write that down. Um, cheated. Then she cheated back. What do I do? All right, don't go nowhere. Um, I don't know what that's all about, but oh, happy day. Um, <coughs> do I support BLM? Um, so if he supports a God, it's pro-slavery. Okay, we didn't have that, qu that question answered 50, 11 times, so we're not gonna go back there again. Um, 
All right. So Nolan Riddle asked this question. I'm gonna pin it to the um to the comments. Um, said I cheated on my girlfriend of three years, and she gave me a second chance. She recently made us even. What should I do? Um, often is the case when we are in relationships. Uh, we don't we don't work on us in terms of what our real problems and issues are. When we enter into a relationship with somebody, our tendency is to carry the baggage from past situations or to, um, you know, carry our primary issues and problems into the relationship that we're in. No one tells us that we need to work on our stuff, right? You know, we just think, we just, we just watch what we see on TV, we go off of what our parents did. We go off of what our friends tell us. We don't work on us and our issues. And so we enter into these relationships with the problems and the baggage and the issues that we have. And then, you know, once we're in the relationships, we're, we're still two messed up people in this relationship. And when we're two messed up people, because we're always going to be broken people, but when we're really messed, I'm talking about jacked up people. Not, not not people that are kind of, you know, that are working and molded on some stuff, but with jacked up people, we do some jacked up stuff. And so, you know, this person in particular cheated on your girlfriend, you know, che you cheated on her. That was foul. That was foul. And that was the living manifestation of something that was going on inside of you. Don't know what. You know, don't know whether you, you know, had a wandering eye, don't know if you were feeling some type of way about your girlfriend and felt like she wasn't giving you what you needed, you know, don't know whether, you know, it was like, you know, this, this chick just batted her eyes at you and just made you swoon and, or whether it was a one night stand or whatever the case, whatever the case was, there was not enough strength in you as a believer in Christ, if you are a believer in Christ, to actually have, you know, resisted the temptation and not fell for this chick. And, and in doing so, you cheated on her. Okay. That happened. It's, it happened. It's done. She gave you a second chance. But now she's dealing with some stuff. Because you cheated on her. She gave you a second chance. But was she ever really healed when she gave you that second chance? Were you healed? Was she healed? Did y'all actually deal with the issues, deal with the problems that happened in the relationship that led up to that? And... The issue of cheating itself. Because now you got two problems. Two major problems. One, the fact that whatever it was that happened that created this space for cheating to exist. Two, the cheating itself. That's two whole problems in and of itself. And so, she never dealt with the problem. She never dealt with the issues. She never dealt with what she needed to deal with to re-engage in a relationship with you. She never dealt with that stuff. She just she got she got back with you, gave you a second chance, but she never dealt with her stuff. So now this other joker comes in, and whatever stuff she got going on inside of her, either he's speaking to it, he's distracting her from it, or he's seeing her in a way that you didn't see her. And so as a result, she cheated on you. Whether she did it for retaliation, tit for tat, whatever the case was, she now cheated on you. And so both of y'all got some issues y'all need to work on and need to work out. Both of y'all need to, if again, and this is if y'all are believers, both of y'all need to take y'all stuff to the throne of grace and need to ask God to help you heal those hurt spaces, to heal those broken spaces.
I I would suggest going to therapy, both as individuals and as a couple, to talk about the issues in a safe space. If you all haven't created a safe space for yourselves yet, and be able to get those issues out on the table, so now you then know what to take to the cross. You know, when I had, you know, my issues of being in, in people's DMs inappropriately, I had to go to therapy for a little while and come to find out that, you know, I wanted the attention and wanted, you know, uh, wanted attention so badly, you know, and, and, and because of it, you know, I was, you know, in people's DMs inappropriately, you know, and instead of, you know, having real honest conversation with my wife about the things that was going on, I would hide that stuff because I didn't want to be seen as a bad person in her eyes. But that, but I love the attention. I love the, 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 what the, the things that were being said and the conversation we would have, I craved the attention. And that's then I realized that that stemmed from not being able to get close to people that were closest to that were close to me in proximity in fear that I would lose them if they ever saw my flaws and my faults. And so it felt good to have people to laud over me surface level, but I would never let anybody get to know me on a deep level. And the closer they would get to me, the further I would push them away. So strangers could know me more than people who were actually closest to me because I was always afraid if they ever see the real me, then they're going to leave. But I had to go through some stuff and thankfully, my wife loves me, cares about me, and loved me in a way she was like, I ain't going nowhere, you know, even though, you know, we were butting heads for a while, but she loved me through the mess. But I had to work on my mess. You know, see, I couldn't just sit there and say things are okay. Like, okay, we're back together now, everything's great. No, you got to actually work on some stuff. And that's what needs to happen for you guys. You guys can still be together if that's what you want. If that's what God is, if that's where God is leading you, but y'all got to work on your stuff. You got to work on your whys. Why did you do what you did? Why did you decide this is the path that I'm walking on? This is the path that I'm taking. This is the path to peace for me. Instead of reveling in the God that we worship and the God that we serve and allowing him to be the peace that passes, surpasses all understanding, we traded his peace for what we thought was peace. You know, I'm not feeling peaceful in my relationship or I'm not getting what I want out of my relationship. So I'm going to go get it from somebody else. We, we, got, we got to talk about why we need to understand and unpack why, because whatever that why is, that is a breeding ground for temptation. If it's not checked, if it's not dealt with, then th same thing with her, whatever it is that motivated her to do what she did, that's something she got to work on. That's something she's got to deal with. That's something she's got to talk about. And again, you guys may not be able to work on it together. You may have to fall, go apart and go separate for a little while and work on your stuff before you come back together if that's what God decides. But at the end of the day, that's something y'all got to work on. It's something you got to talk about. It's something you got to deal with. As we said, we've been saying all day today and what we said yesterday and the day before, you got to confess. Got to confess your faults one to another. Got to get underneath this stuff and talk about why did I do what I did? Why did I do what I did? Because at the end of the day, if you don't deal with your why, then the why is only going to manifest itself into something else. 
It's going gonna, it's gonna to turn into something else. It's going to breed another opportunity for something to go awry in the relationship. So what, what should you do? Confess. Confess your faults. Confess your flaws. Confess your issues. Talk to somebody and get to the bottom of what happened. Why did you do what you did? Why did she do what she did? Because until you figure out why, y'all going to sit there looking at each other dumb, and then another joker going to come along, another, you know, um, baddie going to come along and going to put a sparkle in your eye and put a flutter in your stomach, and if you're not careful, will lead you down the path of temptation all over again. You can overcome this. Take it from your boy. You can overcome this. There is no temptation that you, that um that 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 is that we can't overcome. There's no temptation that God has not provided a road of escape. We just gotta take it. Like we gotta take it. We gotta we gotta remind ourselves that yeah, it might good feel good in the flesh, but our souls will be wounded. And I would rather my flesh die than my soul be wounded, because those soul wounds. They are very difficult to heal. And what you find, what you may find yourself in right now is that your soul is wounded. And when we feel the weight of the soul being wounded, if we don't check that and deal with that, we will mistake it as pain in the flesh all the more and try to soothe the flesh rather than soothing the soul. You got to remember, when we signed up to be a part of the, a part of the kingdom, we said... We said no to anything that's not like him. We die to self. We die to self. See, we think being a Christian is a game. It's just a, it's just a label that we wear. My wife and I st- not talked about this this weekend. We, we sometimes just think Christianity is just a label that we wear. That just, I'm a, I'm a Christian. You know, I'm in Georgia, so I'm supposed to be a Christian. You know, that, that, that's, how, that's how we look at Christianity. It's just something that we add on to our lives. But no, when we sign up for Christ, we die to self. Like we 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 come we come to die. We don't we don't come to be served. We don't come to revel. We come to die. Like this ain't a game. Like this 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 thing that we call Christianity. This is serious business. This is big boy stuff. And when we when we when we're talking about you know following after Jesus, there's a lot of things we got to say no to. We can't just have it our way. We can't have Christ and then what we want. Like, no, it don't work like that. If we're in Christ, we say we want what Christ wants. We love what Christ loves. We hate what Christ hates. We stand for what God stands for. We don't stand for what God doesn't stand for. Like, we die to self. Our agenda, our interests, our hopes, our dreams, all those things take a back seat to Christ. You know, we hope and pray that God is aligned with everything that we want in this that we want in this world, but we recognize not everything that we want is aligned with God. And again, some of these things are overtly misaligned. I ain't talking about the subtle stuff. I'm talking about overtly misaligned. You got people who want to be want to be Christian but want to be polyamorous at the same time. That ain't in alignment. That ain't in alignment. Yeah, you can have deep you know, feelings for another person that's not your spouse. But those feelings don't have to be romantic. They can be friendly. 
you know, but they don't have to, they don't have to go into the realm of romanticism, and if they do, you gotta cut that off, you gotta cut that out, you know, we, 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 we can, we can, we can, you know, want so badly to have this person, to have that person, whatever, but God said, that's out of alignment with me, one man, one woman, we, we are, when we, when you, when you get with somebody, that's it, that's it, like you don't you don't love anybody else because it's a picture of the nature and character of God, the nature that the nature and the character of the relationship that Christ has with the church. And so again, we want certain things to go our way, but God's saying, "Nah, man, I am the way. You got love what I love, hate what I hate, all that. When you when you signed up for me, you signed up for me, and all that other stuff that goes out the window." All oh, that stuff that you want that's in miss that's misaligned with me. Mm -mm. We said this yesterday. God gives us desires, but he but the biggest desire of all is to please God. So what we so what we say every day is God, how can I live my life in such a way that honors you, that glorifies you? How can I bring glory to your name in the things that I say and the things that I do from one day to the next? And that is what we have to do. And so I'm saying all that to say that if God has given y'all this opportunity to be together, if that's if that's what y'all feel y'all want to do, y'all have got to get underneath your issues. You got to get underneath your problems and you got to figure out why did I cheat? <clears throat> why did I do that? And is this relationship really what I want? Is this what I really want? Because if it is, then what are you willing to do to maintain fidelity in the relationship? If it's not, then cut the cord. If, if the pain is too much for you to bear, you know, cut the cord. But at the end of the day, make that decision now before y'all get married. Do with y'all stuff now before you get married. Because once you get married... You know, y'all dealing with a whole nother can of worms all together and all of that. So decide what you're going to do and then commit. Commit to the work. Commit to talking to somebody, talking to a professional, talking to yourselves and getting underneath your issues and dealing with them so that you can walk in a different space in your souls in regards to your relationship with one another. You're watching the True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D right here on TikTok Live. We're with y'all Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can catch a replay of this show um, on Spotify and Apple Podcast. Um, every episode that we've done is there on the tick uh, on um, Spotify and wherever you get your favorite um, your favorite um, podcasts. Um, Biblical Study of Truth. What's the Gospel? Give me a second. Um, um, see, talking about relationships, that's only you, not others. Um, okay, I don't know what you mean by that, Bayless. Um, how lucky are we? 
One true religion. Resurrection. Who cares if someone else is poly? Um, um, so again, you know, as we said before, so I say again, don't mind saying it because you're here. Unless you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, nothing we say is going to make sense. And so, you know, if you don't have a relationship with the Lord, you're not going to understand anything that we're saying. And you're going to be left to your own devices and your own understanding to try to interpret spiritual truths. And so, you know, as we're here by a power, by the power of the Holy Spirit, we are interpreting spiritual truths um, that have been made plain for anyone to see. Um, but it takes spiritual discernment to fully understand and capture uh, what it is that we're saying. And so um, and so if you're here and you're confused about anything that we're talking about or you're, you know, wondering why we think this or why we feel that. Unless you have a relationship with the Lord, you cannot understand. It's not the other way around where, you know, we, um, you know, where you have understanding and then you get the relationship. You know, you can, you can know this whole Bible and still miss the mark by a landslide. It takes a relationship with the Lord to understand these spiritual truths. And so, um, if you sit tight, you know, maybe God will, you know, spark your heart up and, woo, you know, um, and open you up your heart to, you know, in such a way to where you're able to, you know, understand what's going on. Um, but again, it takes having a relationship with the Lord to understand and unpack these spiritual truths. Um, and so again, um, just be mind, just, you know, be mindful of it. Like I said, you know, we ain't here to, you know, to, to hate on nobody. Um, but again, you know, in order to understand these spiritual truths, you must have a relationship with the Lord. Um, and Shakuti Nicole, I love you too, boo. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Um, all right. So somebody asked the question, um, do I believe in Black Lives Matter? Um, do I support um, Black Lives Matter? Um, and really went down um, and, and asked the question a lot. Um, so um, and let me do this real quick. Hold on. I'm trying to. Um, so, um, so the principles of Black Lives Matter, absolutely. Um, I do believe that um, in American culture, um, as well as in others, um, but particularly in American culture, um, that there are a disproportionate amount of um, blacks who are who are um, or who are hurt or you know killed by um, police officers. Um, I do believe, I believe the, the statistics the, the statistics are clear. Statistics. Funny with Dick and Jane. Um, um, I do believe that the statistics are clear um, with that, that, you know, yes, not all cops are bad. Um, I do I do believe that there are there are many good, good cops in the world. No doubt about that. No question about that. Um, and my, my parents, you know, were cops. Um, you know, my brother is a cop now. I used to work for the cops. Um, and so there, for the, the vast majority of our law enforcement are good people. Uh, but the systems and the institutions themselves are flawed in such a way to where we see a disproportionate amount of black people that are being mismanaged and mishandled by uh, by law enforcement um, for uh, for various reasons, um, reasons that I can't get into because it's just too much is too big. Um, and so the principles, yes, I do believe that we should bring awareness to the systems and change the systems um so that way you know um we are not 
disproportionately mishandled. Um, again, you know, there are white people who have been mishandled by the cops. Um, there are black people who, who are cops who misuse their power. Um, you know, and so it's not, it's not a blanket, you know, across the board that, you know, only white cops are bad. No, black cops, there's some black cops who are just as corrupt, you know, as white, as white cops. And there are also white people who have been mishandled, um, by cops, um, you know, as well. But again, I do, I do honestly believe, um, that it is is disproportionate, um, and social media has made that abundantly clear abundantly clear um and so again yes i do i do support the principles now the movement itself does have its shadiness we talked about this yesterday so it's interesting that you're bringing this up today um that every movement in the world has had bad stuff extremist stuff apply uh, um um it has it had extremist has had extremism um, attached to it um, even our faith even Christianity we've had some really really bad stuff that people use the Bible with in order to you know advance their agendas um, you know we saw it in the Crusades you know we're 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 conquering lands in the name of the Lord you know in 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 you know the Inquis the Spanish Inquisition you know we so we saw them using using the Bible for that you know, a lot of um, your um, Catholic church prior to the Reformation was notorious for using scriptures in order to um, to do people wrong. Um, the most the, one of the most heinous of all right now um, is the transatlantic slave trade um, where they ripped apart scriptures in order to advance an agenda of keeping slaves enslaved um, and, and not letting them know of the peace of God in the in the. Um, and the freedom that they really do have in God, um, and, and in doing so, you know, keeping them, keeping them enslaved. Um, we see, um, you know, different groups now, um, who use, um, the Bible as the backdrop for what, why they do what they do. Um, and so any good thing can be warped and weaponized, um, as an attempt to try to make people, um, do things that they ought not do, um, it's happened with every race, it's happened with every creed, it's happened with every doctrine. We see it even in church culture where you have people who will take, um, you know, women, um, women should dress modestly um, and use that as a weapon toward women um, who, you know, may have shapes or may have curves or may have, you know, big things um, attached, uh, you know, attached to their bodies and no matter what they wear, they stuff is going to show and will shame them because the Bible says we should dress modestly when it's really your jealousy and pride. That's that's when you look at them and because they got shape and you ain't got shape. That's causing you to be like, we should dress modestly. And, and no matter because no matter what this person put on, it's all they always going to have shapes. They are, it's always going to be curves. It's always going to be something. And we forget that, you know, God creates attraction in such a way to where where all these little Christians came from. Somebody had to be attracted to somebody. Somebody had to show something off. And so again, you know, um, but we weaponize, you know, the, 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 we weaponize the word in order to advance an agenda. Now, this is not a disclaimer to be saying that y'all go into church with booty shorts. Okay, please don't, 
do that and then be like, well, on True Gospel Morning Show, he said that we should, that dressing modestly don't mean that we, you know, that we can wear whatever we want. That's not what I'm saying, but I'm saying people will weaponize it in an attempt to make people feel a certain type of way. Um, and rather than it, rather than it coming from a spirit of love, um, and being wrapped in, in, in actual gospel truth. And so again, saying all that to say, um, do I support Black Lives Matter in principle? Yes. The principles? Absolutely. But do I support the movement? Not all of it. Because there was some, some of it got, was, was really extreme. Some of it was exploitative. Um, and some of it, you know, um, was not, you know, it, it wasn't what it was supposed to be. And uh, sadly, that's what happens with all movements. There's always going to be somebody who's going to take those principles too far. There's always going to be somebody who's going to use our principles to manipulate people into doing things. There's always going to be somebody who's going to take the truth and take the, the good stuff and twist it and warp it for their own agendas. Um, and so again, you know, um, in principle, absolutely. A lot of the tenets of the Black Lives of Black Lives Matter are tenets that we find in our in our in our scriptures. When it says, "Love your enemies, pray for those who spitefully use you," you know, to treat others with kindness, to love one another, bear one another's burdens, all those one another's. Black Lives Matter is talking about all that. Look at how we're being mistreated by the people that are sworn to serve and protect us. You know, that's that's what that's what that's all it's saying. It's like, dude, if we just follow the principles of scripture alone, a lot of this stuff would be eliminated. You know what I'm saying? Um, and so again, so yes, uh, do I believe in, in the tenets? Absolutely. Um, do I believe in the, some of the practices? Not all of them. I don't believe in the practices. Um, but again, that goes that even even in my faith, I believe the same thing. Do I believe in our principles? 100 percent. Foundation? 100 percent. But in the practice of certain things, nah, I, I can't rock with some of the practices, but it doesn't mean I have to fall out with my Christian brothers and sisters because of some of their practices, because even if their practices may be flawed, you know, if they believe in Jesus and that he rose and that and they rose again from the dead, then, you know, we are brothers and sisters in Christ. That's what binds us. Now, again, principles and practices, we can talk about those things, but like, mm, that don't seem quite Christ-like, but um, you know, that doesn't mean I have to have a falling out with that person. We still have much love for one another and be able to talk to one another as it says in the scriptures. You know, we, for our friendship and relationship can still be, you know, um, solid. It just means I may not be able to rock with you with everything that you do. Um, so yeah, you're watching the True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D right here on TikTok Live. We're with you Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, certainly grateful for the 1,400 likes that we have received thus far. Um, and hope that you guys are enjoying um, the, the programming that is edifying your soul on today. Uh, we are uh, on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And so if you miss any part of this show, you can feel free to go to um, uh, Spotify or Apple Podcasts to find this show and um, replay any part that you missed or replay it over and over and over again if you need to hear it 50 times. Lord knows I've done it myself. Um, and so you can find us there. And uh, thank you guys once again for the likes and the comments and the shares. And keep those comments coming. Keep those questions coming. Um, and um, ZStap126 asked the question, will you be on your knees when Jesus comes? Um, I don't know whether you're asking that question seriously or if you're asking that question to be funny. If you're being funny, shame on you. Um, but 
what I will say to that effect is, you know, I, you know, we stay spiritually bent to the knee, you know, uh, to the kingdom. And so, you know, so we're grateful to God um, that he, you know, loves us and empowers us to, you know, be in a posture of humility um, in prayer, in hope and expectation that God continues to, you know, just love on us in, in preparation for, you know, um, for his return. Um, we're definitely not, you know, praying, God, please let me into the kingdom. We're already in the kingdom. So we just, we, we just waiting. Um, and so again, um, if your, if your heart was in the wrong place in that statement, um, you know, I'm praying for your heart and your soul, um, that you be mindful of, of your blasphemy against God, because that's not funny. Um, that's not funny to use the Lord's name vainly that way. Um, and so just be, so please be mindful of that. Um, and like I always say, please keep it classy here in the comment section, um, as best you can help, as best as you can help it. Um, but as I, again, also say what they, they unbelievers, what, what should I expect? Um, so a question, um, another question someone asked me was, had I ever been in a rough breakup before? Um, short answer, kinda, um, you know, I never, I never necessarily have been officially broken up with, but I had, you know, chased folk, um, for a while and, uh, for, for sometimes for, for a good little minute and you got my heart broke that way. Um, and so, so I personally haven't had a rough breakup, um, but I have, you know, had a lot of, um, rejection that I had to deal with from a lot of people. Um, and so, yeah, so, so I've dealt with that, um, personally. Um, yesterday during overtime, if you guys were with us, um, yesterday, every day after the show ends, I, you know, work, I'll do overtime where I'm working to get the recording onto the, um, to the podcast. And so, uh, I stay online here until I'm done. Um, sometimes, you know, I'll start rocking out on, with the jazz tunes and, you know, just kind of stay on live cause we just all jamming together. Um, but yesterday, um, Vespertine, who is a regular here on the show, asked this question, why pray for anything other than God's will be done? Can we affect his will? Um, so to answer that question, I'm going to take us to, um, to Matthew chapter 6. <clears throat> Matthew chapter 6, starting with verse 5. Matthew chapter 6, starting with verse number 5. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites. For they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do. For they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them. For your father knows what you need before you ask him. Pray then like this. Our father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. 
and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. I find it interesting, as a side note, that we keep talking about confession and forgiveness. It's been an interesting week of talking about confession and forgiveness. There's somebody in this box, somebody in this room, somebody in this space who apparently is dealing with this stuff because we done said it three times now. So if that's you, I'm not saying you got to out yourself, but just consider you, God may be trying to tell you something because this be the third day this week that we've been talking about confession and forgiveness and we keep tap dancing all over that, all, all over that concept. I, I forgot that was even here. Again, talking about if you forgive others their trespasses, your Heavenly Father will also forgive you. So, just keep that in mind. In your prayer life today. In your prayers today. Maybe God is speaking to you about something or someone who you need to forgive. For something that happened to you. Anyway. I'm, I'm bringing all that up. Because, um... Our tendency as believers is to treat God like he's a genie. We think that because God is the all-creator God, that we can say our prayers and he magically is going to make all of our dreams come true. We bring up phrases like, Eyes haven't seen, ears haven't heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man, the thing, the thing that God has in store for his people. You know, we talk about being the head, not the tail. All these things will be added unto you. Um, I'm doing a new thing in you. Who is able to bless you exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask or think. You know, we, we, we hear those phrases being said to us on repeat in our worship services, during the sermons, in our songs. And so we think, if I pray hard enough, if I, if I pray hard enough, you know, then God will give me the desires of my heart. If I delight myself in the Lord, he will give me the desires of my heart. And it shows up more prevalent than any other place than in our prayer lives. Our heart's posture shows up more so than in any other place than in our prayer lives. Because what we pray for is an indication of what our heart truly seeks after. Our heart's posture indicates what it is that we're truly seeking after. And it shows up more so than in any other place that in our prayer lives. What we're asking God for. So, should we ask God for what we want? 100%. God owns everything. If, if there's something that you want in this world, I say this all the time. If anybody's going to give it to you, it's going to be God. So 100%. If there's something that you want in this world, something that you need in this world, ask God. Because if, you, if not him, then who? Everything belongs to him. Everything is found in him. So if you want it, ask him. Because he is faithful and just to give if he wants to. But our heart's posture, the closer we draw to God, should be that God's will be done. That should be our prayer every single day that God's will be done. 
as it says here in the text, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. That tells us, God, whatever you want done in this world today, do it. Whatever your will is for this world today, do it. Whatever your will is for my life today, do it. Give me what I need to get through the day today. So our heart's posture then, when we align with God, get closer to God, because God's always here. But as we draw closer to him, our desire, our deepest desire, is that God's will be done. Our deepest desire is what God wants. Our deepest desire is what God, desi is what God desires. Our deepest desire is for God to be made manifest in this world. And so we pray for what we want, but we also pray for God's will to be done. So our prayers should look much like how Christ prayed in the in the, in, in Gethsemane. When he when he when he you know left and he dropped the three boys, dropped the, the three boys off and said, I'm going up to my father to pray. I'm gonna go to it, let him speak for himself. Where is it? Here it is. Um, Luke chapter twenty two, verse number forty one. He withdrew from them about a stone's throw and knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. So even Jesus himself, knowing what he had to do, went to God and was like, if there is another way, Can we do it another way? Nevertheless, not what I want, but what you want. God, your will be done. Now, mind you, this is Jesus who is one with the Godhead, God the Son, asking God, can we do it another way? That is indicative of the heart posture that we should have with God. That God, I want what I want. But I also want what you want. And I want what you want more than what I want. And so your will be done. We go boldly before the throne and ask for anything that we want from God. Because God is a God who longs for communication among his people. Yes, he knows everything. But knowing everything and being in communication with your with with uh, with with us, two totally different things. I know my kids. I know what they like. I know what they need. I know what they stand in need of. But I still want them to talk to me. I still want them to ask me. I still want them to have communication with me because I want them 
to talk to me. I want to I want to I want them to get to know me as I'm get as I further get to know them. We serve a God who knows us and longs to communicate with us. So prayer is not just about us asking daddy for stuff. It's about us communicating with the creator God and being in communion with him. He longs for communion with us. You know, again, he doesn't need us. Let's be clear. He ain't looking. Please come talk to me. I'm God and I'm lonely. God ain't lonely. God, God is not needy. He ain't a whiny brat looking for love. But he designed us to be in communion. When Adam and, before Adam and Eve fell, God was in the garden walking with them. He longs to be one with his creation. Like, he, does, he doesn't want to just be some ethereal being. He's with us. He's here. He longs for, to, for communion with us. And he's given us prayer as a means of communicating our joys, our hopes, our fears, our desires, our interests, our, you know, our expectations. Like, he, he longs to hear those things from us. Now, he's going to give it back to us. You know, he's he going to talk. He's going to talk back to us through the word and through, you know, the words that he says to us in our prayers. But, you know, he longs for communication with us. He longs to hear from us like he doesn't want to be the only one speaking. He wants to hear from us, too. He longs for that. He, he desires that. And so our prayer lives should be postured in such a way to where it's not just about asking for stuff. We should be talking to him like he's literally our best friend because Jesus himself called us friends. We talk to him like we talk to our best friends. You know, I'm not saying you need to, you know, to downgrade him to being your homeboy, but we should, he sticks closer to us than a brother does. And as a result, we should be able to talk to him whenever and talk to him about whatever. God, I had a hard day at work today, man. Had a really hard day. Thank you for being there for me. Thank you for undergirding me. Thank you for keeping me bolstered up because the day was hard. The day sucked. You know, God, you know, my wife and I are falling out right now. I have no idea why. You know, I, I can't put heads and tails together. You know, is it me? Is it her? Is it work? Is it us? Like, what's going on? God, I'm really going through it right now. You know, God, I had such an amazing day today. You know, I, I, you know, went, went and found out that, you know, there's an extra $500, you know, in the bank somewhere. And, uh, you know, I didn't have to pay a bill. Like, there ain't nothing missing. I thank God. Hallelujah. You know, I'm, I'm th thank you, God. You know, I'm really grateful. You know, Lord, thank you that I was able to, you know, see today. You know, they had such a nice day out today. You know, the weather was perfect. Cloud cover was great. The sun was, you know, shining, but not so hot. You know, it was awesome, man. I, I appreciate you for that. Like, that's that's awesome. Lord God, you know, that, that video game I played yesterday, oh my gosh, that game was so doggone hard, but I thank you for giving me the, the wherewithal to be able to, you know, focus and be able to play this game, you know, I, I know it don't really amount to a hill of beans, but, you know, it gave me a, a time of reprieve and a time of relief, thank you God, I really do appreciate that, you know, God longs to communicate with us, to hear from us, to talk to us about the day-to-day, -day. like, I'm not saying we got to be, you know, out of our minds, but, you know, sometimes people think that, but people already think we are out of our minds because we worship God to begin with. I mean, just look at the comments. You know, people already think that we crazy. So, again, you know, 
God longs to communicate with us, for us to communicate with him. You know, he longs for that. He desires that. And so, again, our prayer lives are not just, um, we should not minimize our prayer lives to just being about asking God for stuff. Our prayer lives are the route of communication that God has given us to him. We communicate with God through prayer. And as a result, it's not just to ask him for things. It's to talk to him about everything. And we boldly go before the throne and ask God for anything. But our heart's posture, regardless of what we want, is always, Lord, let your will be done. Whatever you want. Whatever you want. Proverbs 30 says it like this. Two things I ask of you. Starting at verse 7. Proverbs 30 verse 7. Two things I ask of you. Deny them not to me before I die. Remove far from me falsehood and lying. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with food that is needful for me. Lest I be full and deny you and say who is the Lord. Or lest I be poor and steal and profane the name of my God. Uh, this man's heart's this man's heart's posture is God. I don't want anything that's gonna cause me to walk out of step with you. Do I want a million dollars? Heck yeah! I would love to have a million dollars right now. Hallelujah! Bless His holy name. Give it to me. But. If having a million dollars right now means that I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to worship God the same, then keep the money. My relationship with God is more important than a million dollars. It's more important than a billion dollars. If having a billion dollars means that I'm going to act out of character and I'm not going to be the person that God has designed me to be, and I'm not going to act the way that he would have me to act, I'm not going to be humble no more. I'm not going to seek his face and not going to seek his glory, not going to seek his love, not going to seek his guidance, not going to seek it, not going to be grateful for what he's done, then I, I don't want it. Not compared to him. Not compared to him. If, you know, if, if, you know, you know, he's taking things from me and it causes me to, you know, fall out of lockstep with him, then God, please don't take it. Don't take it. But if you are going to take it, Lord God, get, prepare my heart and mind so that when it's taken, I don't defame your name because it's your name that I care most about. I don't care about anything else. You know, whatever you got to do, do it. But just keep me covered. Keep me covered so that whatever you do, I don't defame your name. I don't make a mockery out of you. I don't make you look bad. I don't sully your reputation for, for, the, thing, for the things that I'm thinking or doing because of hard times. Going back to the boyfriend and the girlfriend situation where they're both cheating on each other. The prayer should have been, God, keep me while I'm do dealing with my issues or keep me while I'm dealing with my problems. Because I don't want to do anything that will defame your name. I don't want to do anything that's going to sully your reputation. I don't want to do anything that's going to cause somebody else to not want to walk with you because they're looking at me and saying, well, shoot, if, if they, if they acting like that and they're Christians, why, why would I want to serve God? When serving God look like that. That's how you treat people. That's how you doing. That's what we doing. I don't I don't want a part of that. Help me to not be the one who defames your name. God can overcome it. No doubt about that. I mean, he's overcome a bunch of stuff that we doing even today. But don't let me be the reason. 
Don't let me be the cause of making somebody else stumble. And so again, saying all that to say, our heart's posture should be, God, let your will be done. And can I have some stuff? It's not an either or. It's a both and. But what comes first in your heart, not in the order of prayer. Let's be clear. Not in the order of prayer. That How you pray your prayers. Not in the order of prayer. But what's your heart's posture? What's most important to your heart? What do you really want in your heart? Because that is what matters the most. And so again, that should be your heart's posture of the believer. That we, the believers in God, want God's will to be done regardless of what that means for our will. Our will is dead. We die to our agenda. We die to our way. We die to our will. It's whatever God wants. And I'm going to ask him for some stuff. Because it'd be great if I had a million dollars. Like tax-free right now in my bank account. And if God wants to give it to me, please give it to me. I will more than happily do a whole lot of stuff with that and be grateful to God that I can do these things. So if he ever want to bless me with a million dollars, holla at your boy. But nevertheless, not my will, but God's will be done. You're watching the True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D right here on TikTok Live. We're with you Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you miss any part of this show, you are you can watch, I mean, you can listen to these um, episodes on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Uh, we do uh, replays every day. And so um, the entirety of the episode will be uploaded um, later on this morning. So you can listen to it whenever you want to wherever you listen to your podcast thank you for the 1500 likes thank you for the shares thank you for the follows thank you for the comments on today i uh, see you guys are back in the comment box now so we're gonna jump in and see what's going on down in the comment box right now lucianne brown says what if we pray a lot out of fear and control how could we change that that's a good question um that's a really really good question um Praying out of fear and control, um, what that is an indication of is a lack of trust in God, a lack of trust in God. Um, and that may stem from a lot of different places. So it's not just, just trust God. I'm, it's not that simple. And, and I, again, I do therapy with people on a daily basis. It's not just, it's not that simple. Um, so here's my, so this is me making an assumption, me making an assumption. The fear and control that we have a lot in life stems from a lack of control growing up in our, in our, in our lives. Um, and as a result of that, we feel like we have to be in control of everything. So our prayer life then becomes a reflection of the lack of control and the it did the presence of fear in our lives. We have to recall, God said, um, and I think it's through, you know what? Let me just Google it. Be faster that way. I'm getting better at being able to recall where these things are coming from by the grace of God. Um, spirit of fear. Um, all right. You know that's not what I meant. Come on now. Second Timothy. Second Timothy, 
chapter 1. says, for this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying of, of, on my, of, on, of my hands. For God gave us the spirit, not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. Now, in that, he was telling Timothy to not be afraid to preach the gospel. So I don't, don't want to take that out of context. But the spirit of fear is something that, again, God does not give us. He doesn't give us the spirit of fear. Um, but we are fearful at times especially as kids and because of that fear in our adolescence because of that fear our tendency is to do something in an attempt to make the fear go away and as a result of that we try to control our circumstances control the situation control the narrative and again what we pray for is often an indication of where our heart's posture is and so in order to deal with our to deal with that, we have to address the fear and control issues. Where are those things coming from? What are we most afraid of? What's going on in our lives to where we feel like I have to have control? I have to control this. I have to control that. What am I so afraid of that the lack of control is producing? And where did that come from? And so if you can't figure that out on your own, I suggest talking to friends, talking to a therapist, talking to somebody to flesh out what am, what am I what am I afraid of? What's going on there? What what am I so deathly afraid of that my prayer life is being controlled by my fears? My prayer life is being controlled by my fears. God doesn't give us a spirit of fear. Power, love, and a sound mind, self-control. And so, if our prayer lives are being controlled by fear, then we have to deal with the fear by the power of the Holy Spirit so that then our prayer lives are no longer controlled by it. Our prayer lives will look a lot different when we're not praying from fear, but praying from peace. Our prayer lives look different when we're not praying from a spirit of controlling things, but rather we're praying from a, 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 a space of, God, let your will be done. I can't see it, but I know you're there. I can't see you, but I know you're there. And because of that, I may not know what you're doing in the future, but I know that you're there. I know that you're with me now, and I know you're with me in the future. I don't know what the future holds, but I know who holds the future. And because we know him, our prayer lives can be such to where we are no longer allowing our fear to consume and control our prayers. And so, again, get underneath the why. Why does fear consume me so? Why do I feel the need to control my life the way that I want to control it? Because once I get to the why, check this, I can take that to God in prayer. God, I realize that a lot of my fears have stemmed from the fact that when I was growing up and in my um, 
formative years, there were situations and circumstances that happened to me that I was not able to control. I wasn't able to deal with them. You know, I wasn't able to, to, to control my circumstances. And so I retreated. And ever since then, I've been so deathly afraid of this, that, and the third. And so I've been praying to you to help me control this, that, and the third. So that way I don't no longer live in fear. But God, I realize that now. So I'm asking you to help me with that. So that I can trust you with my life. That I'm no longer, I'm, I'm, I'm taking my hands off the steering wheel of my life. And I'm letting you drive. I'm letting you take this. Wherever you go, I'm going to sit shotgun. I'm going to go play on my phone. And you take and you just take me where you want me to go. When it's time for me to get out, you tell me to get out and do what I need to do. You tell me to get back in the car, I get back in the car. But you drive this thing. I'm taking my hands off the steering wheel. That's some scary stuff for some of us. To give control of our lives to the one who governs the universe, that's scary. And it takes some work for some of us. But it's work that is worth it in the end. So take those fears. Once you're under, able to get underneath them, where are the roots? Take those fears to the Lord. And say, help me work on this. So that my walk with you is not one based in fear. My walk with you is not based in trying to control my circumstances. But rather, my, my walk with you is based in the fact that I know you got this. I know that you got this. And we're going to stand and agree with that. Stand in agreement with that. That God is, is going to minister to your heart or whoever's heart is dealing with fear and control. And as a result, you know, your prayer lives are a reflection of said fears and said, and said issues. And, and, and as you're taking those things to bear, to bear before the altar, that God slays those things so that he can remove those things from you and fill you with the love and the peace that he's promised you, the peace that surpasses all understanding, can govern and rule your heart in such a way to where you're able to walk in spirit and truth and your prayer life can be a reflection of a heart posture that God has placed inside of you. You're watching the True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D right here on TikTok Live with you Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, let's see what we got going on. Um, Yosef called us modern day idol worshipers. That's what's up. Um, um, ID, what's going on? Good to see you, IDHD. Good to see you this morning. Good to see you. Um, Um, St. Christopher says faith doesn't rely on a book. Um, no, we, 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 though it doesn't rely on a book, um, we believe, we, the be, we, the believers believe that this book, this book is the word of God, um, is the living word of God. And so though we don't rely on the book, the book is not what salvation was, what produces salvation. It's the God of the book. That produces salvation. We need the book to better understand our God. Um, and so, you know, we rely on the book. But we are not like the Pharisees where we find salvation in the book. We find salvation in the God of the book. And as it says in scripture, these things must be spiritually discerned. 
And so we need a living Savior to help us and a Holy Spirit living inside of us to help us to rightly interpret the words of Scripture, but to not rely on Scripture as if Scripture is the end-all be-all. We need the Scriptures to point us to the Savior. We need the Scriptures to point us to the King. We need the Scriptures to point us to the All-Creator God. And so we have to be mindful that despite our great abilities, we still need direction. We still need guidance. And that's what the scriptures are for. The scriptures are here to guide us to the one. We say this all the time. You can go to church, but if church ain't leading you to Jesus, then all church is doing is just holding you. Church is meant to be a reflection of Jesus. It's meant to point us to Jesus. You can preach all day, but are you preaching to get us to Jesus? To show us who Jesus is? Or are you just showing us how, showing off how great and how um, awesome of an orator you are? You know, the songs that we sing, those songs got to point us to Jesus. You can sound pretty all day long and you can, you know, make, you know, goosebumps come on our arms and make us emotional. But are you pointing us to Jesus? Are you pointing us to the Savior? Are you pointing us to the King? So whether whether it's from a book, whether it's from a song, whether it's from a worship experience, whether it's from a movie, whether it's from a library full of books that talk about him or whatever, are they pointing us to the one? For at the end of the day, if it ain't pointing us to Jesus, then it's all for naught. And that's what these scriptures are. From Genesis to Revelation... They're pointing us to the Savior, pointing us to the King, pointing us to Jesus. And so, 100%, faith does not rely on a book, but we need the book to know who we got to rely on. We're relying on a living, breathing Savior who died and rose again, and upon repentance and belief, promised us a Holy Spirit that would lead us, that would guide us, that would rule inside of us and allow us to live, move, and have all being. And we need the book to remind us of that every single day, that we need the Lord. We don't need the scriptures in and of themselves. We need the Lord of the scriptures. And it takes the scriptures to tell us that and to remind us of that. Um... Mm, 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 mm. Thank you, Holy Ghost, for sending me here. Psalm 119, verse 11. Psalm 119, verse 11. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. King James says it like this. Thy word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. So again, we don't memorize scripture just for the sake of knowing the scripture. We memorize scripture. We we read scripture. We read we 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 read this, we learn it, we unpack it, we understand it because it gives us a better understanding of our Lord. We worship God, not the scriptures. We worship God, not the texts. We, we the texts point us to the Savior. They lead us to the Savior. See what you're doing, Holy Ghost. Mm, mm. 
Mm -mm -mm. This is why I want some royalty-free music, but I'm too lazy to go find it right now. Um, Luke chapter 24, verse 13. Starting at verse 13. That very day, two of them were going to a village named Emmanus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. And they were talking with each other about all these things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing together, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, What is this conversation that you are holding with each other as you walk? And they stood still looking sad. Then one of them named Cleopas answered him, Are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened in these days? And he said to them, What things? And they said to him, Concerning Jesus of Nazareth, the man who was a prophet, a, a prophet mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and rulers delivered him up to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes. And besides all this, it's now the third day since these things have happened. Moreover, some of uh, some women of our company amazed us. They were at the tomb early in the morning, and when they did not find his body, they came back saying that they had seen, even seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but him they did not see. And he said to them, O oh, foolish ones, slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken was it not necessary that the christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory and beginning with moses and all the prophets he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself so he said it right there everything in scripture is pointing to jesus everything from genesis to revelation everything is pointing to him so we as the believers in God, we, we need the scriptures to get to know Jesus. So it's not a, an, a, fool, a, foolish er, a foolish errand to know scripture, but it's foolish to know scripture just for the sake of knowing scripture. Everywhere we walk in these scriptures, we need to be looking for Jesus in it. If we're in Genesis, where is Jesus? If we're in Leviticus, where is Jesus? If we're in Chronicles, where is Jesus? If we're in Malachi, where is Jesus? If we're in Nahum, where is Jesus? If we're in Amos, where is Jesus? If we're in Titus, where is Jesus? If we're in Jude, where is Jesus? If we're in Acts, where is Jesus? If we're in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, we better show sure enough see Jesus. Even in the first part of Acts, we better dang sure see Jesus. But all throughout scripture, the same question applies. Where is Jesus in the text? Because Jesus is the point. The gospel is the point. If there's no guy, if there's no Jesus in these in these scriptures, these scriptures are for nothing. Because he's the point of the scriptures. The Holy Spirit's job is to show us who Jesus is all throughout scripture and throughout the course of our lives. That is one of that is one of the Holy Spirit's primary jobs is to remind us and and, and teach us everything that Jesus taught the boys and to recall everything to our remembrance about him. That's the Holy Spirit's job. So we, the believers in God, need the word in order to store it up in our hearts so that the Holy Spirit can remind us of who Jesus is and what he's accomplished for us. If we're not in our word, 
we we go we know enough to get in the kingdom. Let's be clear. We know that upon repentance and belief, we are in the kingdom. But you're talking about a depth of relationship with him. You need the the depth of your oh my gosh, the depth of your relationship with with the Lord is contingent upon the depth of your knowledge of His Word. And I'm talking spiritual knowledge, not you know, not physical knowledge of the 66 books. The the time that you spend, the the depth of your relationship with God is a is in direct correlation to the time in which you spend studying His Word, the time you spend in His Word. So again, I'm not saying how much scripture you got memorized. I'm not saying you've read all 66 books because you got some people who never read all 66 books from top to bottom, but they still had a deep relationship with the Lord because they spent time in the word. Notice one preacher who he spent like um, uh, a, a, a number of years going through this one particular text and he went um, verse by verse. That was his sermon series going verse by verse in whatever book he was doing and he didn't stop until he finished. Sometimes we might not get through all 66 books in terms of actually having consumed it, but there are some chunks of Bible that we know very, very well because we spent some time with it. And in spending time with it, we got some words stored up in our hearts. And so God is telling us, you don't need the word to get into the kingdom. You need the Lord to get into the kingdom. So you need to get to know me. I'm the one that gets you in the kingdom. But even in that, that's God's work. You can't study your way into the kingdom. You can't know God with head knowledge or even feel him emotionally to get into the kingdom. God's got to do that work of transformation. But to understand that and unpack that, you need the word. Because the word explains what's happening. What's going on? So again, no, faith doesn't rely on a book, but we need the book to get to know God, to get to know Jesus. So we rely on the book to get to know the one. It's not about getting to know the faith. It's about getting to know the one, the God of the faith. You're watching the True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D right here on TikTok Live. We're with you Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can catch a replay of this on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And so we're grateful to God that you are also that you guys are with us here. And we're grateful that you give us this opportunity to be able to um, you know, and here we go. Paul St. Christopher. Listen, we just go we're gonna let you have it, buddy. You know, that's, that's, that's how you feel. We're just going to let you have it. We'll let you have it. Um, let's see. Um, yes, 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 yes. Um, so, again, if you miss any um, episode, if you miss any part of an episode, if you can only listen to 20 minutes of it and then you got to go, you can catch the replays on um, Spotify and we will be on Apple as soon as I get the approval from them. I'm supposed to be getting it sometime this week. Once we get the approval from them, going to upload every single episode onto um, Apple Podcasts. So that should be happening hopefully by the end of this week, if not the first of next week. Um, so um, to be looking out if you are on Apple Podcasts. But we're on Spotify right now. Um, and so you can go to Spotify at any time um, and listen to those um, 
those um those podcasts. Um and so um so definitely um check out the podcast on Spotify now. Um and we'll be on Apple pretty pretty soon. If not, like I said, within these next two weeks, we definitely will be on there. Um so definitely grateful to you guys. Hope that you has how guys are having a great day. Uh good morning, Michael. Hope you're having a great day as well. I'm gonna scroll through these last bits. Um looks like um Saint Christopher was taking over the chat for a minute with um with his um self-proclaiming prophecy of him being the second coming of Christ. We always scared always, you know, praying for people like that because I don't know why they thinking that. Um, but it is what it is. Um, um Yosef said modern day idol worshippers thinking an idol is just dumb. Absolutely right. Um worshiping idols is dumb. Um and so we definitely hope that um that you that no one here is worshiping idols. Um, we definitely want to be worshiping the true and living God. Um, and so if you are an idol worshiper, we are praying for you right now that you are not, um, that you will denounce those idols and give your life to Jesus. Um, but again, you know, to God be the glory that we are definitely not worshiping, um, idols. Um, and so definitely understand because yes, thinking the idol is dumb. I would not do that myself if that, if that was the case. And so if you find yourself in idol worship, do not worship an idol God. Um, and so, so yeah, um, let me see. Someone asked the question, um, what is the gospel? And so, um, I, so I want to wrap up with that today. Um, want to wrap up with that today. Um, the gospel of Jesus Christ because um, some people do have misconceptions of what the gospel is. Um, and so, as I've told you guys before, and y'all gonna see me in my shorts, um, but I, you know, I trust y'all, we, we in the nest. So, um, um, I think I gave that book up. No, oh, no, I didn't. It's right here. Okay. Oh. If you find yourself in a desire to know what the gospel is outside of the scriptures, um, in terms of like not reading the scriptures to know the God, to, to, to using other helps in addition to the, to the Bible. Cause I, I know people going to be like, Oh, you're trying to see not to read the Bible. That's not what I'm trying to say. Um, but if you are struggling to understand what the gospel is, these are the books that I would recommend you read. Um, the first one is called The Explicit Gospel by Matt Chandler. I believe this is the most robust um, um, description of what the gospel is in plain English. Like this is this, this it don't get no plainer because Matt Chandler is he's a straight shooter. Don't hold punches, does not hold anything back. This man is the reason why I believe in Jesus Christ the way that I do. Like thanks be to God for this man for writing this book because this book is the book that changed my entire life. Um, the second one is a shorter version, um, just simply called What is the Gospel? This one's written by Greg Gilbert, um, and so um, it's a little black book, you know, it ain't but yay, yay thick, um, and it's written, in, and it's a very good, um, shorter version of the explicit gospel in a lot of respects. And then um, Recovering Redemption um, by Matt Chandler, see if I can get the light to shine right on it shine bright um there we go yeah there we go there we go um recovering redemption by matt chandler and, and michael snetzer 
Um, this is, I would say, the explicit gospel part two. Because it takes the gospel and teaches us sanctification. So if the explicit gospel is salvation, this book is sanctification. What happens after we get saved? Um, those three books um, do a really good job in my, um, in my estimation of teaching us what the gospel is. What the gospel is. And so um, the gospel of Jesus Christ is this. The creator God universe created a perfect world for us. The all-knowing, all-powerful, ever-present God doesn't need us for anything. Created an entire universe. And in, this created, and in this universe, he created everything to glorify him. He created us as the image bearers of God to glorify him in everything that we say and do. To, you know, glorify him the way that he designed this world to. Um, we glory thieves messed it up by virtue of Adam and Eve's original sin. And as a result of that, sin fractured universe. So everything in this world is now groaning to return back to its former form, to, turn back to, to return back to its former glory. Ever since then, man has been trying so hard to either clean themselves up to make themselves worthy before God or to make themselves God themselves in some way, shape, or form. We were created to worship. So we're either going to try to earn our way back into the kingdom or we're going to, you know, worship something to make us feel good on the inside. But we always fell short. For our treason, for our rebellion, for our acts against God, for our desire to make anything else bigger than him, we are doomed to die an eternal death. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. But in God's infinite plan, before the, before the dawn of time, Christ entered into this world um, and became sin for us. He entered into this world, lived the life that we couldn't live, died the death that we deserved, entered the place of no return and descending into hell, defeated hell, conquered it, came back up, rose again on the third day, and has now ascended to the right hand of God the Father Almighty. As a result, he has credited his righteousness to us upon repentance and belief. If we repent and believe in Jesus, we are credited the righteousness of God and have gained re-entry into the kingdom and we now have communion with God, both now and forever. We don't work for it. We don't earn it. We're not, we're not, we're not trying to get it. We're not trying to climb a ladder to, of success to get to it. We have it because Christ gives it to us. If we repent toward him, denouncing all of our um, all of our other idols, all of our other gods, all of our other things that we love, and we say that God is the uppermost of our affections and our attention and our allegiance, and we believe that he is the son of God and that God raised him from the dead, we are saved. It is that simple. It will cost us something upon repentance and belief as we're being sanctified from one, glory, from one degree of glory to the next, but we are saved. We are saved and put on mission to live a life that glorifies God and to, and to um, make disciples by sharing with people the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for us and all he's accomplished for us. This same gospel that I'm giving to you in the, in the joyful expectation of the coming of Christ 
the second coming of Christ, when he's going to purify the entire universe and anything that's not like him will be purged and will be ushered into the new heavens and the new earth where we will live here in a world that was that is that is better than even when it was when it when he first designed it. Uh, where there be no more evil, no more heartache, no more pain, no more death, no more sin, and we'll live with Jesus forever. That is the gospel. That is the gospel. That Christ has come to redeem us of our sins and to restore us back to the rightful image bearers that we are meant to be by virtue of repentance and belief. In, in the glorious expectation of his return when he will make this world brand new. And we will live with him forever. That is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that is what we look forward to. That is why we live. That is why we breathe. That is why we believe in him. That's why we make these podcasts and these shows and these TikTok videos. And we go to church and we praise and we worship and we sing and we live our lives out. And we read our Bibles and we pray. All that stuff. We do all of that because the king has come. And he has given us life everlasting for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but that through him the world might be saved in Romans chapter um, 5 really the first um the first uh, like uh, chapters 3 4 and 5 of um of Romans uh, chapters three four and five of Romans really do a good job of summing up what the gospel is, and so I'll read verses one through eleven of Romans chapter five, and with that we'll wrap up today. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. For while we were still weak, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one would scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would even dare to die. But God shows his love for us that in, in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. More than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. That is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's the reason. Jer lover, hey, yo, thank you. Thank you, I appreciate that. Um, that is the reason why we worship. That is the reason why we praise him. Because he died for us. That is the gospel. That he died for us. That he rose again for us. That we were incapable of doing it for ourselves. So Christ did it for us. Predetermined before the dawn of time. That this was going to be what it was going to be. That is the gospel message. And that is the message that we give to everyone. Who doesn't believe. 
and we stand on it as the believers in God, for it is by the, the, the foundation and the house. There is no other gospel, and there's nothing that we ever graduate from. It is the reason for our entire existence. Listen, guys, I love y'all so, so much. Thank you for the 2,000 likes. Thank you for the roses. Thank you for the gifts. Thank you for your viewership. Thank you for your time. Thank you for the comments. Thank you for the likes. Thank you for the shares. Thank you for your follows. Thank you for your questions. I appreciate y'all from the bottom of my heart for all that y'all are doing for this um, for this show. Um, I, you know, I'm going to be here regardless, but it makes such a difference to know that it is making a good difference in y'all's lives. And so I really do appreciate y'all from the bottom of my heart. I'm going to get out of here. Um, but as always, if you can't see the good, be the good. I love you guys. Peace out, homies.